Hello, and welcome to another bite-sized episode from me, the Henshin Dad himself, Mr. Wes, also the owner of the Retronym Podcast, and I am here today. Well, actually, this is kind of um, a little embarrassing to admit, but I was actually doing some uh, prep work for some future episodes from my podcast and in regards to, you know, this the series that I'm talking about with you today, and I decided, you know, I, I feel like I should probably get some thoughts out and kind of throw them all out there, and then I can organize them all later for my podcast. So yes, I am using the bite-sized backlog breakdown as like a vehicle for my own podcast, and that's kind of funny. And don't tell Nate and Josh, because obviously I probably shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, today I am here to talk to you about Dragon Quest. Yes, Dragon Quest, the very, very British JRPG that has, well, I, it, it didn't really start out as British, I guess, but, you know, it's become the British JRPG right up there with Xenoblade Chronicles with those sweet, sweet British accents that makes all of us Americans feel like fools. Today, I'm going to take you through what I am going to call a blitz through the mainline Dragon Quest series. Now, why do I call it a blitz? Well, because I'm going to be talking about all of the mainline games, so None of those there are spinoffs, you know, we're not talking about, you know, Dragon Quest monsters or Dragon Quest, you know, jokers and all that and, and, and tactical games. And I don't know what other games that they have there. Dragon Quest of the Stars, which I don't even think is the game anymore, to be perfectly honest. But no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the spinoffs. I'm talking about the mainline Dragon Quest games because I am one of those few people at least, I don't know, associated with, you know, the backlog breakdown, I guess. I don't know. I don't really speak for anybody else, but I am one of those people that have actually been able to complete all of the mainline games with a little asterisk next to, you know, Dragon Quest X because it doesn't really have a completion as an MMORPG. So, you know, other than that little slight hiccup there, I have completed all of the mainline Dragon Quest games. And as I'm thinking about the ever-looming prospect that Dragon Quest XII might be out in some way, shape, or form soon, I'm just thinking, you know what, I want to reminisce a little bit about all of my experiences with those 11 games and just kind of talk about how I approached them, what I got from them, and maybe, just maybe, you might take some knowledge about which ones you might want to start with. So I'm also doing this completely without notes at this point because I didn't write anything down yet. It's all been kind of like mentally prepared. So this is going to be kind of, you know, off the top of my head based on my memories. And you'll probably figure out like which games stuck with me more than others. But I digress. Let's go ahead and get started. So Dragon Quest, also known as Dragon Warrior for several years there because there was some like rights dispute between like a board game and I guess that's not really a thing anymore. So the series is now just called Dragon Quest. And thankfully it actually got to retain its numbering throughout the years because they pretty much were released like as numbered titles. So that's, that's kind of interesting, even in the US even though like we skipped a few, but uh, whatever. So anyway, Dragon Quest, the original from 1986. It was released for the Famicom and the Nintendo Entertainment System and has been ported to a variety of different, you know, consoles and portables here there. You could probably get it on a flip phone somewhere in Japan. I don't know. They probably still have flip phones that they're supporting in Japan. But Dragon Quest, this is the initial title, the one that gets you into the series, the prototypical JRPG, as it were, you know, obviously inspired by a lot of, you know, the Western computer RPGs and, you know, Tolkien and all those cool things that inspire fantasy stuff. And I have to say, I, I definitely did not uh, get into this one when it first came out. Well, I know I played a little bit of it when it first came out on the NES because Dragon Warrior cartridges were like 
everywhere in the U.S. because they were given away by Nintendo Power basically for free if you had Nintendo Power subscriptions. While I didn't have my own subscription for a long time, my brothers definitely obtained as many games as they can. So obviously I don't have too many memories of that as a kid, but as an adult, I found that the best way to play that game was actually on mobile, which is kind of weird to say. It's like a game on mobile that's actually an ideal way to play it. Well, the thing about Dragon Quest 1 is that it's a solo JRPG. You have one character and you can only go a certain amount of levels and levels are super hard to obtain. Like it is really hard to level up in that game. It's like you get to level 20 and you were like a beast because that requires a lot of dedication. And the thing I really enjoyed when I played it on my phone was that there was a lot of good like quality of life stuff. So, you know, there was the you know, quick save that you could do so that, you know, even if you're out in the field, you could just quick save it real quick, put your phone away, come back later, and you're in the exact same spot. That was really nice. You didn't have to go all the way back to the king to save every single time you needed to turn your phone off, which would have been super obnoxious. And thankfully, that quality, like, carried on with the, the rest of the mobile releases, at least as far as I know. But I, I don't know. Dragon Quest One. it's definitely that, you know, seminal RPG. It is the, the the reason why we have JRPGs now and everything. And I did really enjoy my time with it. That being said, it's like not necessarily one that I really want to go back and play anytime soon because it is hard and it is like a grind and you're going to be spending most of your time grinding. And if you, you know make one mistake, you can just be demolished and sent right back to the town. And it's just, I don't know. I don't like games that are so punishing where it's like sending you all the way back and you're losing hours and hours of progress like that's not my thing i i don't like hard games i think i've maintained a pretty consistent reputation on that but dragon quest one it's it's very special you can really see like here's all the 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 foundations laid and they'll continue to use sound effects and music cues and monster designs all the way up to the newest well currently the newest one and you know it's just something special and i i know that people like prefer that one over a lot of them not speaking of anybody in particular, maybe, I don't know, sort of, but it is a great game and you should definitely try it. You could probably play it on the Switch pretty easily. I didn't try it there, but like it's based on the mobile ports and oh, and, and the nice thing about the mobile ports is, is that it's actually in portrait mode instead of landscape mode, like the pixel perfect Final Fantasy games, which is a huge plus to me because I like holding my phone like a phone, not like I'm trying to take a picture all the time. I don't like holding it horizontally, vertical portrait mode, best way to play an RPG. Like, not even joking. It's great. So that's Dragon Quest 1. I really enjoyed it. It's a great game. Probably won't go back and play it anytime soon, but it's fun. I'll definitely introduce my kids on it and see them cry because of the difficulty. Dragon Quest 2 was originally released in 1987, and this is one of those ones, much like Final Fantasy 2, that's considered to be like a black sheep of the family. You do get, like, your, your three-person party through this, which actually consists of, like, you know, your relatives, which is... Kind of interesting. Like, you know, it's kind of like it's a family affair. It's the Fast and the Furious of the Dragon Quest games. And this one's also just, okay, if Dragon Quest 1 was notoriously hard, Dragon Quest 2 is obscenely hard. Like, it is obscene how hard this game is. And I know that's due to, like, a lot of, like, weird glitches and, like, programming errors that were made in the original. But even the mobile version was really hard. And even the Game Boy Color version was really hard and I've played both through both well I haven't played through both of them but I played a significant significant portion of both of them and I do like it though I, I do like Dragon Quest 2 I probably will never ever ever go back to it because of how hard it is and just how cheap it feels and how much the the prince is just constantly constantly dead you're taking his coffin everywhere basically he is complete dead weight that being said, it is a pretty charming little JRPG, and 
while it's definitely not my favorite, it's one of those ones that's like, okay, I, I dig this one. And it's not my least favorite either. That one's coming up. Pay attention. Dragon Quest Three was released in 1988. So, bam, these games are just coming up. Boom, 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 boom. I guess it was the NES days, so that's how it is. Also released for the Famicom. And it did come out in the U.S., and I think it did, at least. I don't know. It probably, it probably did. Dragon Quest Three is considered to be the one that's like the most popular. There's that kind of apocryphal story that talks about how Dragon Quest games can can no longer basically been be uh, released on work days, and that there's a law in effect. As far as I know, that's not like actually technically true. It's just generally understood. If there's a Dragon Quest game coming out, people are gonna miss work. Maybe they time the releases or so, but there's no like strict law in effect of that. But Dragon Quest Three is the one that took like. Japan by Storm, it's like at least one of the top two most popular ones right now, probably tied with Dragon Quest V. Dragon Quest Three, though, like, it's good, but I just can't say that I'm a huge fan of the party character creation aspect. And I know that's like what a lot of people like, but when I have a complete party of like nobodies that I created, like, there's no characterization other than what I basically have to like, you know, canonize my way through my own head, like my own head can <laughs> like, I, I, I can't really do much with these nameless characters or really like these personality list characters. And that's going to come up a little bit later with some of these other ones as well. So while Dragon Quest three is probably like of that group, that original trilogy, probably the best of that trilogy. And also in a sense, the prequel to those two games, the first two games, I should say, I it's it's very obtuse as well. Like I, I I it was one of the last ones that I played in order for good reason because again, it's hard. It's it's NES hard. All of these <laughs> of the original trilogy are like really hard games. And I just don't like hard games like I said. But also it's just like there's there's not a whole lot of story happening. Like there's a good story, but it's like a good story in the sense of like it's a very simple one and there's some twists and turns that you don't necessarily get. And there's just like really like weird logic happening throughout. And the dungeon design is absolute garbage in my opinion. So Dragon Quest three, great game. Like I could see a lot of people enjoying it, but honestly that original trilogy, is just not my cup of tea. It's just not my favorite trilogy, but it is absolutely worth playing. You should go back and play that original trilogy, even too, just because you can see a lot of the, the groundwork being laid for the future Dragon Quest games. And again, I'm no expert on Dragon Quest, but that's what I see. So anyway, moving on from that original trilogy, which is like, you know, just the Erdrick trilogy, I guess is how it's defined or something like that. Moving on from that in 1990. So they actually gave this two years, not just one year, but two years to percolate Dragon Quest four, which I think is also an NES game. I, yeah, I believe that was also a Famicom NES game. Dragon Quest IV, to me, is one of the better ones in the entire franchise because you can see that it's basically like a prototype Octopath Traveler. Like, especially if you go from Octopath Traveler to this one, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, this is definitely just Octopath Traveler. So what you have is that, well, it, in the U.S., it was released on the DS, and that's how I played it, through the DS port. So, you know, I don't know how the original NES game really felt, but... The subtitle was alliterative in that it's called The Chapters of the Chosen, in which each of the chapters focuses on a different character. So your main character doesn't have a whole lot going for them, and I believe you can choose between male or female main characters, so, you know, that's pretty cool. They don't have a whole lot going on, but all the other party members around you 
have a lot of personality and they're just really interesting. And in a sense, I, I feel like a lot of the characterization in that regard is similar to how Chrono Trigger was. Like, I, I really feel like it's very similar in the character development over time and the people around you interacting with you. And it's definitely like way high up there as one of my favorites. Just just the fact that the entire chapter with Torneco is basically just like the, the merchant class from Octopath Traveler and you're just sitting there and you're selling stuff and you're making money for a little bit. And until you choose to like move on from that, you can just continue on that like daily loop of just selling stuff. It's like, it's just kind of fun. It's, it's a, it's a cute little aspect of it. So I, I mean, the ending is like kind of, you know, it, you know, it's typical JRPG, like by the ending, like things don't make sense. And you get these random bosses that you like didn't have a clue existed, but Dragon Quest four, it, it's good. It's good stuff. I would highly recommend it, especially the DS port. And then there's also the mobile port as well, which, you know, has it on portrait mode and it's great. And has that really nice, like DS sprite work. So highly recommended there. Dragon Quest V, this is, I'm not sure where this falls in my top three as of this moment, but this is definitely in one of my top three Dragon Quest games, which is saying a lot because there's 11 of them right now. Dragon Quest V is just so good. Following the story of your main character from birth to having children of their own and everything, just the whole timeline of his life, I really appreciated that. And as you go, it's like, you're a kid and stuff happens and you become a slave for a while and then you make friends and you break out of your slave camp and then you find, you know, marriage candidates and you get married and eventually you settle down, you have a child and all that. And then things from your past start popping up again. So you have to take up your sword and follow through with that and continue your adventure. And it's just, this is very grand and it's just a really nice storyline that I really appreciated at the time when I was playing it. And obviously I played the DS port because I don't think this one had an English release at all. I think it was the first Dragon Quest game that just had nothing released in the US. So this was like, for all intents and purposes, like the introduction to Dragon Quest V. And this is also one that's super well regarded in Japan, so much so that they made a movie about it, Dragon Quest Your Story, which I'm definitely gonna talk about in the future on my own podcast because I really think that's an interesting movie. But moving on from that, Dragon Quest V, it is super great. Again, DS port, which is probably like, you know, 200 bucks for a cartridge at this point. Or you can go the mobile route. I would just honestly encourage you to do the mobile route. Really, really hope that they release these versions like on the Switch at some point in the future because they did it for the first three Dragon Quest games and those were the mobile ports. So just, just get four, five, and six on there as well. Please, thank you. Let's go. Moving on from that, in 1995, which was, okay, I, I skipped some some dates here. So 1990 was Dragon Quest 4, 1992 was Dragon Quest 5, three years later, 1995, Dragon Quest 6. I struggle to remember anything in this game, honestly. This game is very bloated, very confusing, and at the top of my head, I can barely remember any characters. It definitely has one of like the cooler like I, I think the cast of characters are like one of the coolest looking cast of characters like they're really nicely designed. That's pretty much it. That's that's pretty much all I got. I think the idea of traveling between two different worlds was really cool, and you know playing the DS port, you can see those differences quite starkly. And there's some good mystery, but it's just like I don't know what's going on, and I don't even know where to go half the time. Like it was a struggle to get through this game, even with a guide. It's like, okay, where do I go now? Because you have these two different worlds to figure out and definitely kind of near the bottom of the list for me. Like I probably enjoyed the original trilogy more than I enjoyed six. It's probably 
the worst of the lot, in my opinion. But you might disagree. I don't know. Dragon Quest VI, I just don't recommend it. But if you can play it on mobile, go for it. If they get a Switch port, go for it and kind of see what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just not fun. It's not good. I, I, I don't know. It's maybe it's a me thing, but I didn't really care for it. Just, that's pretty much it. Uh, Dragon Quest VII releasing in 2000. It was a PlayStation One game that used, you know, a lot of like basic sprite work as well. So like it was, and it was 2000. So you know. PS2 was coming out around that time and graphics were looking crazy good and this still kind of looks like a Super Nintendo game so people didn't really like it in America it came out and people were just like eh no thank you and people in Japan were like eh it's all right it's good they, they, they liked it in Japan personally for me I mean I didn't play the PS1 original I played this one on the 3DS when it came out because they you know they had the 3DS port of Dragon Quest 7 and then like less than a year later they had the 3DS port of Dragon Quest 8 and so I picked it up on 3DS. I absolutely love this game. It is a very long game. It is very hard to figure out what to do next. And it can get really old and stale in some places. But I really, really like Dragon Quest VII. It's one of those few, like, 60 to 70 hour RPGs that I'm like, I kind of want to do that again. And I don't say that about a lot of them. Actually, I, I really don't ever replay JRPGs after my initial run through them. But for Dragon Quest VII, it's like, I don't know. They did a really good job. Like, your cast of characters are are good. Like, they're, they're a good, solid cast. And the time travel aspect was super cool and well done, in my opinion. And I know that they had to, like, tighten up a few things for the 3DS release. So I can understand why people didn't like the PS1 release. But for the, I don't know, the way they did it in the 3DS version, I loved it. And I know it's not going to be for everyone because it took me, like, nearly 70 hours to beat this game. And I tried to bust through it as quick as I could. I can't even imagine <laughs> what the hours would be on somebody who's actually like trying to 100% everything. That just sounds insane. And I still haven't even done the post game yet. So that's how like far behind I was. I, I was really burnt out when it, I ended the game, but I really like the game. And it has honestly, in my opinion, some of the best music in the franchise. Just, just pull up the soundtrack and listen to it. It's, it's really good stuff. Next one, 2004 Dragon Quest VIII on the PS2. This is actually... As far as I know, the first time I really got into a Dragon Quest game, because I got the PS2 game, or at least I rented it when it first came out, and I think I bought it too, mostly so that I could have that demo disc for Final Fantasy XII, because I was really interested in Final Fantasy XII when that came out, and I never actually picked it up after that until, like, more recently. But other than that, Dragon Quest VIII, really, really awesome game. I know that in the PS2 version, I got really stuck at one point, and I didn't really understand grinding as much at that point when I, I was doing it, so... I kind of just gave up at that point and was like, oh, I, there's not much I can do. I seem to be stuck. I think I messed up the attributes somewhere, the, the little different little skill points that you put in, but it's a beautiful game. And then eventually I did pick up the 3DS version. Like I did, got it right when it came out, got pretty far in it, got stuck again, went back a few years later, and then I was able to actually finish it. And I finished it in a pretty good time. I, I really enjoyed the story. I feel like that's some of the best cast of characters that Dragon Quest has had up to this point. And it is definitely in my top three. But again, like which spots are which like you got five and you have eight there. I don't know which one's first, which one's second, which one's third, to be perfectly honest. And we'll get to the third one later. But Dragon Quest VIII, it's a solid game, like really great story. The voice acting is like top notch voice acting, even though it was like a PS2 game. Like they really did a good job, I think, with the British voice acting. So well done. And this is where it like really became like the British game because it was British voices. So there you go. Dragon Quest IX came out for the Nintendo DS in 2009, and I was all in on it. Uh, 
right when I got it. And then you had to do a party creation customizer where you create all your party members and you already have this mute protagonist. And it's like, I really fell off of it really quick. Like I probably got a good 20 hours into the game and I did eventually pick up where I left off on my own like save state. But yeah, it... <laughs> It was a rough go. Like it, it was basically three all over again, but taking from like more of a, a spiritual perspective because you play as like an angel that's lost their wings and cast down to earth and you're trying to find other angels and everything and you're interacting with people and you have your party and you have this fairy that follows you around and she's like, I don't know, like like a glam rock person. I, I don't really understand. Like I think her name was Stella. That's all I remember from her character. And she spoke like, Kind of like Genghis, actually, in the same similar accent, but I digress. Dragon Quest Nine. it wasn't until I picked it up a few years later during, like, I, I believe I played it during the, the Backlog Golf year of 2019, the year that I ruined for everybody, and I, I did enjoy it, and I think it had a lot going for it with the more, like, angelic spiritual realm thing. That being said, it was also kind of uncomfortable to play some of that because it's kind of like, uh, I'm not sure what to feel about this, honestly. There are some things that they do that are just kind of like... Maybe pushing the envelope a little bit there, as well as Seven. Seven did that too, if you know anything about the Seven post game. But it's, it's it's a good game, and I just feel like I missed my opportunity because I gave up the game in two thousand nine when it came out, and I never really like indulged in the Nintendo online Wi Fi connection stuff. And because of that, I feel like I lost out on a whole like half of this game that probably would have made it more interesting. For those of you who don't know the original release of Dragon Quest IX was connected to the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection and you could basically do like a proto street pass type thing where you can like swap maps and stuff with people as you pass by them in the street and obviously that only worked in Japan because you know people didn't carry their DS's like in sleep mode <laughs> anywhere and it, but they also had an ability for people to play like multiplayer but with the loss of the Wi-Fi connection since they shut that down for the DS like a long time ago you can't do those things anymore. And that's just kind of a shame, honestly, because that's an entire aspect of the game that's lost. And I know that there's been people that have been putting work into like creating servers that you can connect to and like you route your Wi-Fi through a different server and whatnot through, I don't know, DNS. I don't know anything about the internet. And I know that the people that have been doing that and I hope that they make some good progress in the future because there's a whole lot of like Nintendo DS online features that I'd like to try again, but you just can't at this point because the servers are down. And that's that's a shame. But Dragon Quest Nine, it's a good one. Unfortunately, you can only play like half the game now. So like it's it's unfortunate. Moving right along to one that the, the one I did not finish, Dragon Quest X, which released in 2012 and is still basically going strong. It's the MMORPG of the Dragon Quest franchise. It's the Final Fantasy Eleven and the Final Fantasy Fourteen. The one that people really like, but nobody really talks about, it seems, except for all the people that do, if you're in those circles. Dragon Quest N, it's it's the online one, and what I did in order to try to play this game, I actually tried to play it in several different ways over the course of the years, even on my 3DS, which I imported from Japan, or rather the 2DS that I imported from Japan. It doesn't work very well, but I was finally able to get it to work with the Switch and the PS4, because... For some reason, you're able to get online through the Japanese servers like that. And if you just follow some simple directions online, you can start your account and play like the offline version for quite a bit of time, as well as, you know, connect a little bit online, I think. And I put a couple hours into both versions, the Switch version and the PS4 version. Didn't really get too far into it, but I really enjoyed what I did play of it. And I did like I do 
wish that we could have gotten some kind of English translation sometime down the road, but, you know, being like 10 years old at this point and it being basically the size of like five games with all the expansions, maybe like six games at this point, it's basically impossible. The only Dragon Quest ten content we're getting is pretty much just through the uh, different side missions that you can get in Dragon Quest XI, which, which, which I'll talk about in a bit. But it's unfortunate. Like, we're not going to see this game. There's an offline mode, like, with the super deformed, like, chibi characters that are coming out in Japan, which has, like, all the expansions, I guess, but, like, in a more abridged form. But, again, I don't think we're going to be seeing that version of the game. I really hope we do, and I'm probably going to import it as soon as I am able to. I don't know if it's been released yet, but the Dragon Quest X Offline Edition, yeah, I'm definitely going to get that on my Switch at some point. Even if I can't read anything, you know, that Google Translate thing with your camera, it kind of works a little bit. And I've played through Pokemon Diamond in Japanese for 60-something hours, so I know. I'm basically, you know, fluent at this point. No, I'm not, but, you know, I like to pretend I am. But Dragon Quest X, it's fun. I wish we'd get it. I played a decent amount of it. I wish I could play even more because it was just a good little gameplay loop. And then finally, the one, well, finally for now, is Dragon Quest XI releasing in 2017. And man, I, this is probably the one I've put the most time into just because I've played it in a bunch of different versions. So before it even came out in the US for the PS4, I didn't have a PS4 when this game was going to come out, at least when it was announced to come out. But what I did is that I actually imported a Japanese 2DS for the sole purpose of playing Dragon Quest XI on the 2DS because it was split between like the 3DS and the PS4 release. So the PS4 release is like the big, awesome looking high definition version. And then the 3DS release had actually two modes on it. The more simplified, like chibi character mode, which was similar to how they did it to nine. But then they also had a 2D like Super Nintendo mode. And I really like that 2D top down mode. That's how I played the majority of the game. I really wish I had like played a little bit more in the other mode that's only on the 3DS version because they never ported that to any other version that came out in the world. So like I'll probably go back and like actually look at that a little bit and compare and contrast between the th- different types of 3D that they did. But I played quite a bit of it on my 2DS. It ran like dirt basically <laughs> because it's the 2DS trying to put this game out and even with the Super Nintendo top-down 2D mode, it still was a bulky game to fit on that. And it was all in Japanese because I had to use a download code to get that, you know, downloaded to my 2DS. And it's still there. And I need to go back to, you know, finish it off because now I know actually what to do. But that's going to be like a problem for Future West to figure out. But then when I finally got a PS4, I did pre-order and get this special, like, cool, like, GameStop stuff, the, the buttons and everything of all the different characters. And I played through the PS4 version almost to completion i think i just have like one or two bosses to wrap up there and then when the switch version came out i went ahead and got that as well and i was kind of playing it simultaneously with the ps4 version at like with the 2d mode and the nice ps4 visuals which is kind of fun to do and like you know good comparison contrast that and yeah i've i've completed it like that so (laughs) it's been kind of fun to revisit this game in so many different ways basically get to the end in the japanese version and not be able to finish that nearly get to the end of the PS4 version and finish off the Switch version 2D mode. So eventually I'm going to go back, finish off the 3D version and finish off the 3DS version with the 3D characters. It's a fantastic game, wonderful characters. It is basically the pinnacle of the Dragon Quest franchise and it is definitely within my top three. I really love Dragon Quest XI. I haven't played it you know, as much as like other people with the draconian methods. I'm looking at you, Jonas Park, but... 
well, I don't like card games, so that's probably why. But I do really, really like the game. Like, I, I love every plot point. I love every character. It's just one of those games where it's firing on all cylinders the entire time. And it's just so, so, so fun. And while obviously there's some like, you know, the, the turn-based battles could be considered archaic, like in this time where we're going through like a JRPG renaissance with Octopath Traveler, Bravely Default, uh, Live Alive, uh, all those other like JRPGs that are coming out that are trying to simulate that, you know, like Super Nintendo, PlayStation feel to it. I, I really feel like turn-based battles have their thing. Not everything has to be active time-based. And I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of rambling at that point because I just I just really like these games. And that's that's basically it. That's my blitz through Dragon Quest 1 through 11. Uh, I don't know when 12 is going to come out. They've only showed like that really cool logo, and that was pretty much it. So who knows when we're actually going to see that. I do like how it looks like it's taking a, a bit more of a darker tone. Not that I am like one that really appreciates like grim dark games or anything like that. I really don't like grim dark games, but I feel like with 11, you accomplished as much as you can using that blend of like lightheartedness and like end of the world, like catastrophe type stuff, like the, the lightheartedness with the, the dark, darker tones. I feel like you've accomplished that basically perfectly. So what are you going to have to do in order to switch Dragon Quest 12 up? I don't know, but it does look a little bit more sinister with its logo, a little bit more fire added to it, a little bit more lava. And I think that it's going to create something very, very interesting. But I don't know. They haven't really talked about it yet. And, oh, I need to leave off on the fact that the 2D HD version of Dragon Quest 3, it's going to be awesome. And I'm absolutely going to be playing through that game again. I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of quality life updates they do for that. But anyway, that's my blitz through the Dragon Quest series 1 through 11. Kind of preparing my mind for Dragon Quest 12, I guess. Tune into my own podcast if you want to hear me talk more about these topics, maybe in a little bit more detail. I don't know. Like I said, this is going to be like my little my little planning stage for what I eventually do with my own. But not that I, you know, consider the backlog breakdown my, my, my you know, planning stage. They are great podcasts and you should definitely support them. Do all those cool things. I'm a patron, so obviously you need to take my word with a grain of salt or maybe a couple spoonfuls of salt. But they're cool guys. Obviously you think so too or else you wouldn't be able to hear this, right? Right. So there you have it. I'm Wes, the Henshin Dad. You can find me. You know where to find me. I've been on enough episodes. And until next time, uh, you know, keep breaking down those backlogs and finances and benefits and busting those benefits. And I don't even know something that starts with B. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.